Next on BYU Sports Nation, the Kalani Satake effect on the BYU-Utah rivalry. How is the feeling behind this year's showdown different? BYU National Champion quarterback and college football analyst Blaine Fowler never lost to the Utes in his career. Did the rivalry feel the same back then? Plus, 10th-ranked BYU women's soccer shuts out Utah to open rivalry week. Goalkeeper Hannah Clark will join us live. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. We are live in Radio Vision, BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, September 6th, wherever and however you're dialed in, it's great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Star Wars stuffed animal collector, Jerem Jordan. That was... Six. I had uh, I had Star Wars uh, like sheets when I was really younger. I Return of the Jedi specifically. That was that was only you know six years. Did you collect so the action age. figures? Uh, I was too poor. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you're making I lived me. It, you're making me feel terrible. I, li- I lived in Northeast Portland. No. no you want to yeah. bring up other bad things, Spencer? What one time <laughs> when I first met my wife, who's from Portland, I told her what part of Portland I lived in, and she was like. Oh, you did? Really? <laughs> I was like, what was wrong with a certain part of Portland? Hey! Oh, you're from there. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. Hey, still got her. Gotcha! I won. She's from Wilsonville. Let's just say our reception was awesome. <laughs> That's funny. You didn't have your reception in the part of town you were <laughs> from. Well, I moved to Utah. Yeah, right. later. Yeah. Hey, represent, dude. Anyway, rock, yeah. No, rock enough, that, man. Enough about my food stamps it's all, up. It's all good. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Yesterday, BYU football releasing the Week 2 depth chart. No big surprises, but freshman Jake Oldroyd is the new starting kicker. Okay, I, I tweeted at Jake uh, yesterday about his cleats. Someone said, once he's done with those green cleats, we should put these on the desk. And I said, what say you, Jake Oldroyd? And he liked the tweet. So I think there's I think that maybe we could possibly get them on the set at some point. No pressure, Jake. After the season? Jake. Whenever he's done, whenever that is. Okay. Let, let's say he like misses a field goal, which <laughs> it's probably not gonna happen. He's Jake to make. Uh and then he's like, you know what? I'm retiring. To he's green. going to donate then the green could, goblins. We could to borrow. Studio all B. we need is one, and we just want to borrow it. We already <laughs> have Josue Rivera's neon green ones over there, for goodness sake. Those are you know what I'm those saying? are more yellow. Jake's are Jake's are straight yeah. up lime green. And straight up, yeah, green as in the color of money. Senior running back Jamal Williams called his performance okay versus Arizona. Yeah, it was okay. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> uh he had twenty nine carries for one hundred sixty two yards. Williams and the Cougars play Utah Saturday. Countdown to kickoff starts at six thirty Eastern time. I can't wait to see what a good game is uh, in yeah. Jamal Williams. It'd mind. be a no penalty <laughs> no penalties on long runs. For Jamal the 10th-ranked BYU women's soccer team opened rivalry week with a 2-0 shutout win over Utah. Taylor Isom and Ashley Hatch <laughs> scored for the Cougars. Hatch Man. is leading the country with eight goals this season. Junior goalkeeper Hannah Clark is going to join us in about 40 minutes. At least Hatch let Isom score first. I think that was a nice nod to not be like, okay, I'm going to have both goals today. How about, how about someone else 
gets one today. I, I think that's pretty charitable. So BYU scored 12 goals this season, and I'm like, hey, I can name everybody that has scored a goal on the BYU women's soccer team. Because so Ashley it's Ashley Hatch with eight. With eight. Medeiros with one. Yes. Isom with one. Yes. And uh, Nadia <gasps> Gomes? Nope. Who's the other one? Michelle Murphy Vasconcelos. And Michelle two, Murphy Vasconcelos scored two against Tennessee. Wow. Okay. It's pretty easy at that point. It yeah, makes right. it easy when one player has scored eight. Yeah. <laughs> wow. The ABCA coaches poll keeps BYU women's volleyball at number ten in the nation. The WCC named Libero Mary Lake Player of the Week. She's so good. Can I just tell you how amazing it is to have a Libero named Player of the Week? You have to be unbelievable. That's like. That's like the Player of the Week award, like in the Pac-12, if a kicker was named Player of the Week. Seriously. It's rare, right? Normally a quarterback, running back, receiver, linebacker, somebody, right? Lake had 61 digs in three matches over the weekend. Unbelievable. Yeah. it's 38 You're match. right. It's like a punter or a kicker winning yes. the Pac-12 it's more like Player a punter. of the Week. Yes. You're right. Because a punter, yeah, it's more like a punter. That's wild. Johnny Linhan's like, that's not a big deal. I, I can't wait to win the Independent Player of the Week. <laughs> he, he tweeted, I can't wait to make a game-winning punt. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I need to ask him. He promised me that when he hit a, a great punt, he was going to do a certain celebration. Oh, I think he forgot, or the camera didn't see I it. don't know if the camera saw him, and so I'm going to have to— What did he— Oh, yeah, he told us he would do something. Yes. Mm. Yes. We got some research. And I think we, we would know if the camera caught him doing they it. They would have replayed it if it was crazy. Oh, it's time to rise and shout. Let's go with what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Rivalry week tone setter. Uh, I can see some people saying it becomes nasty. I don't think it's as nasty as what others think. I think there's a lot of, um, I think there's a there's a lot of friendships and a lot of, uh, I don't know, a lot of uh, fun behind it all. Friendships and fun. Kalani Satake establishing in his mind the feeling for the approaching BYU-Utah game. That's what it's all about, right, Jerem? Friendships and fun. Yep, that's what I think of when I think of Utah. (laughs) It's time, my friends, that we turn the page to the next edition of the BYU-Utah rivalry. Friends and fun or not. In contrast, this is a game that Stuart Mandel, national writer for Fox Sports, called, and I quote, College football's nastiest rivalry outside of Alabama-Auburn, fueled in large part by the Utes, move up to the Pac-12 while the Cougars cross their fingers waiting on the Big 12. They throw in the religious element, and that's an accurate depiction. Yeah. It's, isn't it the most interesting rivalry in college sports? Because there is a religious element to it. Uh, because it is fans within the same you know hour, hour and a half, two hours, I don't know, uh, country. The proximity is The proximity amazing. is great. I mean, it's not Duke, North Carolina where it's like eight miles away. It's uh, like 40 miles away. But BYU-Utah is so unique and it's my favorite game every year and some of my best BYU memories are from this game. I love this game. So there are two contrasting opinions. One from a national writer and the other from BYU's head football coach who used to coach at the University of Utah and play at BYU. Up until a few months ago, I would have a Agreed with Stuart Mandel and his take on the Utes-Cougars rivalry game. And that's a national perspective. That's interesting, right? Wow. Number two? But then Kalani Satake happened. The Kalani Satake effect on BYU football and now specifically the rivalry is a fascinating development. This year's game feels different, which brings us to today's Twitter question. How has the tone of the rivalry changed with Kalani Satake as BYU has coached? BYU's head coach. Use the hashtag BYUSN at Kugbaka. 
There's a sense of calm with Kalani at the helm, different than in years past. I sense a change in the coming, in the coming, uh, is coming. Ute Nation senses it too. Mm. Listen to how BYU head coach Kalani Satake is currently describing the rivalry. We'll see each other before the game. I'll hug a bunch of people. I'll see a lot of people in, in the stands and a lot of people um, on the other sideline that, I, that I, I really love and appreciate. And, and then once the, well, the, the coin toss goes up and the game starts, we just go right back to game mode. And then afterwards, we'll, we'll hug and, and our friendships will all continue. Doesn't everyone just feel warm and wonderful inside? I will if BYU wins. <laughs> because a lot of this uh, discussion, it's very respectful. And I, I think that Kalani Satake is playing it perfectly. It's his first year. Yeah. He's, he was up at Utah way long, twice as long, two and a half times as long as he was ever at BYU. Yet he's a cougar, but he, he said he respects Utah a lot, and he'll never speak ill of them because uh, they were great to him. So all of that is fantastic in the lead-up, right? You know what will change the rivalry the most? If BYU wins a game, then there's some more respect on the other end because right now it's Utah five in a row. Kalani Satake would continue in his press conference discussing his specific relationship with Utah head coach and former BYU football player, Kyle Whittingham. I mean, I, I know I love Kyle, and he he loves me. We're we're you know we're going to be friends no matter what, and this is going to be one of those things that extends our friendship where we get on the football field and compete, and we'll hug afterwards. There are a lot of hugs happening. Jerem's eye is twitching right now. By the way, <laughs> are you comfortable with all of this? N- not really, to be honest, because uh, that's that's Kalani and Kyle Satake's relationship. That's not my relationship. Wait, did you just say Kyle Satake? Yeah, sure, Kyle. Sat- <laughs> Satake. That's Kalani and Kyle's relationship. That's yes. not mine. My stepdad's a Utah fan. I don't hug it out with him after. I don't hug it out because I'm angry the last five years, right? <laughs> I Okay, I, I understand that angle of respect and maturity and kindness. That's, We're joking about it, but that, we, we honestly fantastic. like that. We like listen, the respect. Yeah. Listen, I see, I see Crimson. I see, um, I, I see that logo, and it invokes a certain feeling, right? And especially this week. And given this certain situation, current situation uh, of five losses in a row, given the Vegas Bowl, given the what's at stake, it means something, right? So everyone has a unique emotional reaction to this, which is fun. It's not your regular game. And the previous coaching staff liked to act like it was just another game. It's not! And we all know it. So it's fun to see that this group, yeah, it is a different game, and it means something more to these people. But it's Utah... And Kalani Satake's relationship with Kyle is one thing. My personal relationship to this rivalry is another. I don't have to be treated the same way, nor does he, with my way. And that's the fun part for the fans. Everybody can approach this how they want. Kalani did mention what matters most of all. I uh, just have to appreciate the, the, the journey that we're in now and appreciate this week and appreciate the moment that these guys have to go and compete against uh, great young men on the other side in front of a great great fan base and uh, you know, just enjoy the moment, and, and hopefully we come out with the victory. Keyword being victory. BYU seeking a win against Utah for the first time in six years. Now, in recent years, especially for fans on opposing sides, the bitterness, the hostility, the vitriol, whatever you want to call it, has become increasingly noticeable, and I put most of the blame on social media because everybody has a voice Te- now. Yeah, technology doesn't help that, right? 
it feels like it's becoming something else even for the fans a little because of the respect dynamic between the coaches. It's it's fascinating to me. For Kalani, this is a and chance. And Utah likes Kalani. That's yes. part of this. Yes. They like him. He was them, right? Now he's not. So uh, it, it's hard for them to just dog on the guy. It was easy for them to dog on the previous head coach who had a harder time recently beating their team. That makes sense to me. And why would Kalani Sataki, by the way, let's think about how he's played this perfectly. Why would he come out and be like, we're going to beat those clowns. You know what? We're going to take it to them. I hated my time up there. We're going to win this game. Why would he say that? They've lost five in a row. It's on the road. He needs to play it safe. Plus, his personality is kind, right? He's a very respectful person. That's why everyone likes him. Like, when you have your group of friends, you, ha- you always have that one person who's just, like, super nice and respectful, still fun, still has a good time, still will rib you a little bit, but is nice. That's Kalani Satake. That's who he is. Don't think he doesn't want to win this game. And so let's, let's set up the dynamic of you can be respectful but still want to beat your brother and kick his butt, okay? Like, That's sports. Yes, and I get that. When I would play one-on-one with my brother Trevor in our driveway, I wanted nothing more than to kick his behind and let him stew over it. I love my brother, but because I was so close to him, it raised the level of competition and the meaning behind beating him. I heard the following from Kalani a few months back, and I quote, I love Kyle, but sometimes good people need to lose. (laughs) End quote. I've also heard the following from fans on both the BYU and Utah sides recently, Jerem. Well, it's not really a rivalry when one team has won five in a row. Listen, Boise State and Idaho are rivals. Boise State wins every year. It's still rivalry. Navy Army. Navy has dominated Army for a while. It's still a rivalry. So there's no it's still a rivalry. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. The rivalry is bigger than a win streak. The weirdest question I've heard in a long time. (laughs) Now to our Twitter question. Not the weirdest question Jeremy has heard in a long time. (laughs) How has the tone of the rivalry changed with Kalani Satake as BYU's head coach? Let's go to the Twitter machine. At Mr. Underscore Flintstone 94, Kalani makes it respectful. It will take time for a lot of fans to get on that same page. This year should be fun. Yeah, if, if BYU wins this year, I think that it changes a little bit, right? Uh, if BYU doesn't, it'll be, okay, give Kalani Sataki some time to get his guys in here. And over, I think BYU will play a good game this weekend. It'll be a close game. BYU have a chance to win. That's what I'm hoping for. At BYU Teddy Bear 89, I feel it's becoming a rivalry again. Rivalries are based on mutual respect. You don't have to like them, but respect, yes. <sighs> yeah. Coming up. What was Blaine Fowler's big surprise after BYU's dramatic win over Arizona? And how has the Kalani effect changed the rivalry for him, a former player? Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcasting on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN to tell us what you think about the changing tone of the BYU-Utah rivalry. The Kalani Satake effect, if you will. Or is it? Weigh in. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Tonight, after further review, is uh, at 7 Eastern time. The guys break down BYU-Arizona, get you set for BYU-Utah. 
7 p.m. Eastern tonight on BYU TV. Awesome show. If you haven't seen it, they break down the film. It's great. They're breaking down an actual game. That's awesome. That happened two days ago and getting you set for... Three days ago, right? Three days ago? I can't. It's all... I don't know. It was... Yeah. Logistics. You're right. I'm sorry for being... The game that. ended <laughs> after midnight, That's true. right? <laughs> well, mountain time. <laughs> mountain standard time, but not daylight time. Anyways. Arizona, Semantics. Arizona time. <laughs> Joining us now on that note <laughs> is our good friend Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, national champion at BYU, dual threat analyst for us on BYU TV. Blaine, let's start with the game against Arizona. One to remember for sure for a number of reasons, but what would your headline be after that game against Arizona now on a Tuesday? To me, it was about defense. And so some type of a headline about defense, if I was surprised about anything, I thought through fall camp that they were going to be very solid defensively. They were even better than I anticipated defensively. They were really good. And what people have to remember is this is a very skilled Arizona team offensively. They had a lot of pieces back. Um, and they have a reputation of being very good in the Pac-12 offensively. They've been suspect defensively over the years. But since Rich Rodriguez has been there, year after year after year, they come out with schemes and with talent offensively to move the football, and especially to run the football. And so the fact that up until that that 48-yard, or what was it, that yeah. last run, 48 49, or 49, 49 yards, 49. up until that last run, they were hovering around 50 yards rushing in that game. So as confident as I was in that defense coming into this game, I was still surprised at how good they were defensively. They, they played lights out on defense in this ballgame. And it helped that they uh, forced a couple of turnovers, which brings us to today's stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation ba, 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 stat ba, ba, of the day. Yeah, BYU's negative 14 in turnover margin during the five-game losing streak to Utah. So against Arizona, BYU was plus two, which was great. But the story of the Utah game, and I and we still want to break down Arizona a little bit, but uh, has been BYU just turns the ball over a ton. Yeah, and they, and they haven't forced a lot of turnovers. Utah has been really, really good at taking care of the football, and BYU has struggled, especially early in games. So the game, the tone of the game gets set early on with turnovers. And I, you know, you reflect back on last year's bowl game, I, I've never seen anything like that, ever. And I've been, I've been, I've played a long time, and I've broadcast a long time. Long time, right? Wild. I have never seen anything like that. It had never happened in college football. Five turnovers on the first five possessions all resulting in touchdowns. That had never happened in a college football game. And in, the, in this streak against Utah, there have been seasons when I go in and I'm looking player-for-player player matchups against Utah going, oh, you know what? BYU actually has more talent this year. They're better this year. And, and they've lost some of those games, and it's been because of turnovers. When you average over a five-year period minus 2.8 in turnover margin, you're going to lose even if you have marginally better talent that particular year. And so that's a big stat. It was a big stat against Arizona. Arizona, when they seemed like they had some things going, BYU would force a turnover. Um, and BYU never – shot themselves in the foot, short-circuiting drives with turnovers. They had a couple of penalties that cost them points. Yes. And I think those are things that you can clean up. Costly penalties that BYU, if they're if they're clean on a penalty perspective, probably closer to 28 points in that game. So that cost them. But the fact that they didn't turn it over and give Arizona any momentum is a good is a very good sign. And you know what? Think about the personnel. 
you got a quarterback that is very experienced, and, and you're playing in a lower risk offense than you've been playing at in, in years past. And you got a tailback that just by reputation, historically, just doesn't turn it over. He Jamal Williams just he understands ball security. He's always got that ball high and tight. He always protects that ball. Very strong player. Uh, he looked unbelievably physical in this ball game. Um, and easier throws, not high risk throws. This is a defense or an offense that is designed to take what the defense gives. And so in this particular game, Arizona was going to let BYU push them around up front and short underneath throws. That's what BYU did. Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation, breaking down the Arizona-BYU game and now looking forward to the rivalry showdown between the Utes and the Cougars. A concern that I've heard brought up uh, by a few people, including the coaching staff at BYU, is you can dominate a game statistically, but you have to capitalize in the red zone. How does BYU shore up their red zone offense and get a few more points on the board? I'm not that concerned with it because I do think some of those penalties hurt them when they had opportunities to go deep into the red zone. I didn't think they got into the red zone enough. Their, their red zone efficiency wasn't awful, you know. And so, so I, I think it will get better, but I think they need to have more opportunities in the red zone, and that will come as they become more familiar with this offense. Um, and there are going to be games which are more defensive-oriented. Um, that was this one. BYU knew that Arizona is very explosive offensively, is, and they're a rhythm offense. So the idea was – if, if BYU could manhandle them up front, which they thought they could, and then we saw, yes, they did, uh, that they could keep the football away from this Arizona offense. And because this is a rhythm offense, when they're sitting over there for five and six minutes, they come out and it's like they're starting all over again. That was the game plan this week. That won't always be the game plan. Utah is not going to be as easy to manhandle up front as Arizona was. Um, Utah, I think BYU is going to have to throw more intermediate passes and those kinds of things. I think at linebacker, they, they're having to reload at linebacker where they were really good there last year um, with Norris and Paul and, and Whittingham. And so I think that's an area where BYU probably wants to attack more. Um, the back end is pretty good for Utah, so expect some more intermediate. They're going to have to throw it a little bit more. And Utah's offense isn't quite like Arizona's in terms of explosiveness. At least they haven't shown that yet. So BYU maybe doesn't have to try to take the air out of the ball quite as much. So a different game plan may lead to more points. Utah, it's Seems like we'll nickel and dime things kind of like BYU was nickel and diming things against Arizona. Yeah, and Utah's a little different in that Arizona has a, a, a very, very veteran quarterback in Anu Solomon that understands what he wants to get done. And when Anu scrambles around, he's just scrambling around to find a receiver downfield. When you watch Troy Williams in that first game, Troy Williams is running around and he's likely to just tuck it and go. And so BYU's got to be a little more careful with him. And, and he's not maybe quite as dangerous at running around and then all of a sudden finding a receiver 50 yards behind uh, the defense after a scramble. So a little different preparation um, than they had. But Troy Williams is going to see a pass rush this week. I thought Southern Utah was very effective in getting after him. And he escaped a number of times and made plays. BYU is significantly better from a talent perspective in the front seven than Southern Utah. So Utah has a big challenge trying to keep that front off of Troy Williams this week. My biggest question mark in watching that BYU or uh, Utah-Southern Utah game was Utah's offensive line. To me, that's the matchup BYU can exploit somewhat uh, in the rush defense and even pass defense game. Do you see that as a matchup BYU can win? After one game, I was surprised with that because Utah had four returning starters coming back. Um, but when you've got a big-time NFL tailback behind a line and can pound the ball like they did last year, maybe maybe that line 
was good, but not great last year. And then they replaced the left tackle with a JC transfer. In fact, one that BYU was recruited. committed, Garrett Bowles, um, to BYU. And, and so it's just interesting that they struggled a bit. Now, the advantage Utah has is, is that BYU's defense is very similar to what Southern Utah ran last week because of the Ed Lamb influence. And so they're feeling like, oh, now we will get this thing dialed in and we won't have as many breakdowns this week. But there's enough wrinkles that are different that, that I think there's still going to be a challenge. But And, and the talent level – with Harvey Longy coming off the edge, the big guys they have inside. I mean, BYU is significantly more physical and significantly faster in the front seven than Southern Utah. So I, I agree with you, Jeremy. I think that that's, that's what I'm looking at. I don't understand why Utah wasn't better last week because based on experience they should have been, but they certainly look suspect up front. And if they were, BYU's way better on the front seven. It's such a chess match, and you have to wonder, how much did BYU show against Arizona, and how much did Utah really show against Southern Utah? Because you don't want to give everything away for obvious reasons, and Kyle Whittingham has been tabbed as a guy that is a master at revealing and unveiling things in the biggest of games. So... How do you see it from that perspective? Yeah, we're we're gonna see new things from both teams that we didn't see last week. And again, BYU's offense, this offense is an offense where Ty Detmer is gonna take a look at what Utah has done over the years and what they did last week and tailor a game plan that's very specific to attack the weaknesses of that defense. And the weaknesses are different than Arizona. So we'll see a very different game plan. That's the beauty of this kind of offense. People were saying to me, man, that was boring. It was beautiful. And they ran the ball. And I'm going, do you forget the time? Because Norm Chow had that same philosophy, that BYU went up to Utah and just handed the ball to Ronnie. Was it Ronnie Jenkins? And Brian Brian McKenzie. For nine bazillion yards. I know I tell you guys a million times not to exaggerate, but nine bazillion times they <laughs> just handed much. it off. And people were saying to me, that was so boring. Sark only threw the ball 12. He only had 12 attempts in that game. And I go, yeah, wasn't that beautiful? 70 yards passing. But, but they dominated the line of scrimmage. <laughs> and that's what the Utah defense chose to give in that game. And Norm Chow said, if this is what you're, is this what you're going to give, then we will take what you're giving and dominate the line of scrimmage. Ty has that same mentality. It's an NFL mentality. What does the defense do? How do we attack it? Some games is going to be run heavy. Some games is going to be pass heavy. I think this week, a little more balance and a little more intermediate passing just by virtue of what Utah runs defensively. We shouldn't be that surprised that BYU attacked Arizona on the ground because they had a significant advantage in the trenches, right? And you have an elite running back. Yeah, and they're still going to go to that. Uh, because they need to establish the run, and Ty's going to be about balance offensively. But Utah's front is better than Arizona's front. No question. And and so you've got to run to keep that front you know, honest defensively. But I would expect a little more intermediate passing game off of play action. Establish that run with Jamal Williams, play action pass, and throw those in, in between the safeties and the D-line where those linebackers roam. Make the backers step up and defend run because BYU was so effective running it this week. And then you're going to leave a bigger open area in that middle to throw the football. And I would expect that's where BYU will try to attack early in this game. And I expect BYU to have uh, more of the playbook open. Taysom Mill talked about that yesterday where – yeah, we, we haven't cut into that very far, so you'll see it expand. And the, t- the take on boring is just from an entertainment standpoint, right? Um, but this rivalry has always been entertaining. And our Twitter question today, Blaine, is this. How has the tone of the rivalry changed with Kalani Satake as BYU's head coach? Yeah, I, I actually like the way Kalani's approached this. And I think, it's, I think the way Kalani approaches it has taken a psychological weapon away from Kyle Whittingham. Because in the past, Kyle Whittingham has been able to play on, hey, Bronco Mendenhall doesn't even respect you. 
He doesn't respect you. He's gotten his teams to come in and play with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Um, not not a hatred toward BYU, but they don't respect you. Um, and Bron- I mean, is it any secret that Bronco and Kyle didn't really like each other that much? I mean, and that that kind of carried over. I think Utah took more advantage of that than BYU did. Um, so now now what is Utah going to do for that edge? But those kids aren't going to hate Kalani. They love Kalani. Kalani's saying, talking about how much he loves everybody up there and how much he respects that great program and how fun this rivalry is going to be and how he and Kyle are going to hug after the game. How are you going to turn that into a psychological edge now and get your fight? Hey, we don't like this guy. Oh, wait a minute. We do. Hey, these guys don't respect you. Oh, wait a minute. They do. Oh, wait. Kalani Sataki recruited almost yeah. every one of yeah. you on and defense. So, so it takes away a little bit there. And Kalani told the players over the last couple of days, and he alluded to this in his coaches' show yesterday, that he told them that hate for the opponent, and, and so if you go in there just crazy with hate, first of all, you're not going to execute, and the passion from that may carry you through a half a quarter, maybe a quarter. And then that, that fades as, the, as you get into the routine of the game. He says, if you go in there with a love for each other, and so you're playing for each other. You're playing because you love your teammates and you love this program and you want to rep- represent your family and your teammates and these fans. That kind of passion can carry you not only for four quarters but for a whole season. So he's telling these guys, let's not mm-hmm. focus on the hate. Let's focus on how much we love playing with each other. Let's be passionate about that. That's, a, that's the kind of team that goes in and doesn't turn the ball over five times in the first quarter. I love that perspective that wow. he takes, but I also love the fact that he's not tabbing this game as just another game. Well, you think about the pressure this week. Who's it on? If it's on if, Utah. if Utah loses this game, they're supposed to win. Yeah, if they lose this game, then for BYU, it's like, well, this is Kalani's first year. He's going to upgrade the, the recruiting. This is just the first step. They looked fine. Here's some things they're going to fix, and and this is the start of a new era. It it's, was it's, in Salt it's Lake okay. City, right? If BYU wins this game, then it's. Then it's, oh my goodness, was it schemes? What was it? Look at Kalani, knew how to prepare these. He turned the corner in his first year, not even with all the kids that he recruited. And, and so for, for Utah, I think the pressure is squarely on them. This is a must-win football game for Utah. It is not a must-win for BYU. Fantastic stuff. Blaine Fowler is on After Further Review tonight. 7 Eastern, 5 Mountain Time, brand new episode, breaking down the Arizona game, looking forward to the Utes and Cougars. I imagine there will be some more projections. Oh, we got lots of fun stuff to talk about today. (laughs) Great stuff today. Thanks, 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 Blaine. Thanks, guys. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, what do you think about the tone of the BYU-Utah rivalry since Kalani Satake has taken over as BYU's head coach? Has it changed in your mind? Your tweets and responses coming up after this, plus Hannah Clark, BYU women's goalkeeper, also on the way. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jaron Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision, live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hey, 10th-ranked women's soccer is on a roll. Beat Utah 2-0 last night. They play SMU Thursday night on Southfield Thursday 9 Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Check it out. I'm going to make an observation that I feel will apply to why BYU women's soccer lost to Nebraska at home and ended the nation's longest home match win streak. Yeah, and remember all fall last year, uh, all the BYU sports won at home. They were undefeated. Yeah, BYU lost. So people are like, how in the world world do they win at Washington State and beat the defending national champions on the road, Penn State, and then – crush Tennessee and shut out Utah yesterday, but lose at home to a mediocre Nebraska team. 
Michelle Murphy Vasconcelos did not play against Nebraska. Wow, that big of an impact. And she, the speed and dynamic that she brings to Murph! that team, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, she didn't play, and I feel like that's why BYU lost that game. Matthew McConaughey was yelling that entire game from the <laughs> sense, Don't do this to me, Murph! <laughs> it Murph! happens. Can you imagine? He's just sitting there in the stands. Slow down, Turbo. <laughs> Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation all headlines. Right, all right, all right. BYU football released the week two depth chart. No major surprises, but freshman Jake Oldroyd is the new starting kicker. Senior running back Jamal Williams called his performance, his being his own, okay versus Arizona. Huh? Okay. He had 29 carries for 162 yards. To me, that's a little better than okay. Williams and the Cougars play. Utah, Saturday. Countdown to kickoff starts at 6.30 Eastern time. 10th-ranked BYU women's soccer beat Utah 2-0 to open rivalry week. Taylor Isom and Ashley Hatch scoring for the Cougars. Hatch leads the nation with eight goals this season. Junior goalkeeper Hannah Clark will join us in 10 minutes. And the ABCA coaches poll keeps BYU women's volleyball at number 10 in the nation despite winning at number 11 Ohio State. So you don't little, jump at all. I guess everyone in front of them won or something. Mm. The WCC named freshman libero Mary Lake Player of the Week. She had 61 uh, digs in three matches over the weekend. Dude, she's a freshman. It's a beautiful Legit. thing. Legit. It's a beautiful thing for Heather Olmsted and BYU women's volleyball. Twitter question today. How has the tone of the rivalry changed with Kalani Satake as BYU's head coach, meaning the BYU-Utah game? Let's hear from you, BYU Sports Nation, and roll with the Twitter machine. you got tweets. At Matarama01, the rivalry was like two bitter enemies fighting to the death. Now with Kalani here, it's like two brothers wanting to beat each other. So, okay, I, I, so it's, it was Count of Monte Cristo, now it's Warrior. <laughs> it's always about comparing it to movies or shows. <laughs> At Not Dry, Just Flaky. Great name. Uh, still a rivalry, but lighthearted. Instead of a Doctor Strange lovish Cold War, Kalani makes feel like Rocky IV. <laughs> who Rocky single-handedly ended the Cold War. Yeah. He's, okay. Are Utah fans going to start chanting BYU, BYU <laughs> at the end of the game? There's no way in heck <laughs> that's happening. I, I don't know that it's quite become Rocky IV. Have, we've, we've watched this. But, but I get it, the idea. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't seen it, someone made a fake 30 for 30 as if Rocky really happened. <laughs> So they interviewed real people, real histo- you know, like sports historians and authorities about how Rocky ended the Cold War in real life. So good. It's on YouTube. If Utah fans start chanting BYU, then I'm pretty sure that the world is ending. The, the rapture is here, right? <laughs> that would be the sign of the rapture. At Crazy Coog Fanatic, because of how much I love Kalani, hearing him talk of his love for the Utes makes me hate them less. I, yeah, I, I just think people will dial it down a notch if the leader of that group isn't as invested in a, a rancorous degree. Is that a word? You know, you know what I mean? Like, Max Hall was a while ago, six years ago. In fact, that was last, BYU's last win in the rivalry. It's, it's just different. And it has everything. It, it's not necessarily um, the way he's saying it. It's that he was there. So Utah, Utah can't hate Kalani. He was one of them. He helped them. He was a huge part of why they took their program to the next echelon. Like, if Kyle Whittingham had taken the job at USC or something, I think Kalani Sataki would have been the head coach at Utah. If you look at the past and how that could have played out. Mm. Luckily for BYU, he's in pro. He's home. (sighs) Yeah, this is... uh, it's, It's fascinating. And I said that earlier. It really fascinates me how... 
things are changing so quickly, at least to me. And I know it might not be the same for all of you, but it it feels significantly different to me this year because it's a new, fresh start, getting back to the roots of Ron McBride and Lavelle Edwards, where you want to beat each other. You don't really like each other when you play each other. But after that, it's kind of like, yeah, we, we respect them. I think there's more respect. I still think it's pretty similar to what it used to be because it's just this week and it was just yesterday's comments. This is like saying that BYU's kicking game is solved. It was one kick, albeit incredibly clutch, by a freshman kicker, Jake Oldroyd. We need to see some more volume before we declare it's different, in my opinion. Same with the rivalry. I I think that uh, let's let's see the week play out, let's see the game play out, and then let's assess, okay, now is it? Very different. See, I'm not, it's, it's Tuesday. I'm, I'm not basing it solely on, on conversation and comments yesterday. This has been evolving for now eight months. I mean, he's been asked about the Utah rivalry from the day he was announced as the head coach of BYU on the Las Vegas Bowl day. It's, it has evolved over eight months. And maybe it's because I've had more conversations with people like Kalani and the coaching staff. And We live in Happy Valley, man. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I don't think it's that different yet. I think it can be. I think it's going that direction. It just feels different. We live to in me. the bubble, bro. Up next, <laughs> somebody that beat Utah yesterday, Hannah Clark, oh! starting keeper for BYU women's soccer in Studio B. How did she pitch her first shutout against the Utes? Boom, baby. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan live from the Studio Bizzle. If you miss an episode of BYUSN Live, not to fear, the rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern, or you can catch it on BYU Radio at 7 Eastern. After further review, is live uh, tonight, 7 Eastern time. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, Brian Logan, David Nixon, Breakdown BYU Arizona, Preview BYU in Utah, a unique look at uh, the film from that game and previewing what you can expect to see this weekend. Check it out tonight, 7 Eastern time, after for the review. How fantastic was Blaine Fowler on BYU Sports oh, Nation today? Incredible perspective and insight and analysis uh, that you can expect uh, just about every week uh, on Tuesdays from Blaine Fowler. One thing I do want to say that he shared with us that didn't hit the air was the rivalry is different when it's competitive. D- doesn't matter who wins. Yeah, we didn't as, go there with As him, long we? as the games are close, yeah. it adds... That level of intensity to it. There's there's a risk of losing, so there's some anxiety there. There's some higher level of competition. Yeah, absolutely. How has the rivalry changed in terms of the tone with Kalani Satake as BYU's head coach? Use the hashtag BYUSN to reply. Joining us now, starting rivalry week off the right way, is the starting keeper for BYU women's soccer, 10th-ranked team in the country, Hannah Clark. Hannah, welcome to Studio B. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Ten saves yesterday. You That's get your first shutout. What does it mean to you personally that it came against rival Utah? Uh, I think it always feels good to uh, to beat Utah on their own turf, but to get that shutout, um, it's only going to give our team more momentum. So... Ten That's saves awesome. is a lot. What, what was that like being uh, having that kind of barrage against you in a game where they get that many shots on goal? Um, it definitely just it brings you more confidence. I think also as um, um, a defensive unit, um, just making those saves and um, I don't know shutting them out, it will give us you know some confidence. Would you prefer to have a bunch of saves? or a shutout with like no saves where you didn't even really get challenged. You'd probably get bored, but you got to make some plays in the other side. Right? I'd rather be bored and have my team be successful <laughs> than, than get the saves for sure. 
It yeah. always makes it interesting when you're being peppered with shots. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the 10 saves yesterday, a notable thing for sure. Let's rewind a little bit, though. Rachel Boaz, the starting keeper at the beginning of the season, gets injured in the Penn State game. At that moment, Hannah Clark, you're in. What's going through your mind? Well, it was kind of it was a it was a funny moment actually because uh, I mean not for Rachel but for me um, because <laughs> she she kind of is shaking her hand and and Jen comes to me and she kind of walks down the line um, of the bench and she's just like hey Hannah like Rachel's looking like she's she's struggling a little bit like make sure you're ready and um, I was kind of like already you know stretching I was only 20 minutes into the game so I was I was still pretty warm and and I I don't know I felt really um, calm and and confident and if if she was gonna make that official call like okay you're going into the game like i i felt ready for it so at this point it's two nothing right mm-hmm. so you wanted a little more drama two goals go in and then and then it's three two right is that how it played out yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah two to two when it became gonna, two to two yeah, what was yeah, happening this is too easy yeah. Um, yeah i'll i'll claim that i was trying to uh just make it you know more of an exciting game because yeah. you don't want to win three games. nothing that's gonna that's yeah, too much yeah, yeah. So so yesterday he gets shut out, um, and Tennessee it's five two a bunch of goals. What's it like to have the confidence of of the offense that BYU has, especially Ashley Hatch right now going crazy um, awesome. as the goalkeeper? Oh, it it definitely um, it helps out, and especially just knowing. I mean, if you're playing in fear um, and playing like, oh my gosh, if we get scored on, we're we're doomed. You know, um, we know that we have a confident and um, great starting forward um lineup so we, we we're confident in them and it only helps our team confidence um having them up there there is something to that going down in a game like you did against washington state and be like eh, we're gonna be okay yeah like not many teams especially in the sport of soccer can have that swag but ashley hatch and nadia gomes and michelle murphy vasconcelos i mean it's the list goes on uh, with how much offensive power this has. That said, do you expect when you when you're playing keeper, do you expect your offense to go out and score multiple goals each game? For sure. Uh, we always talk about. Um, well, the coaches always always talk about you know us getting um, two goals. You know, if if we can get two goals, then um, we're going to be successful. You know, we can either get another one if we need to. Um, but yeah, we we expect it for sure. Just as as much as the offense expects us to. Um, shut down the other team what prepared you to come off the bench and be successful Hmm. well uh i would say three years of of um sitting and playing behind great goalkeepers um i i learned a lot um i always said i i'm learning more um by not playing than by playing you know and i mean it's you, you know, know what you would learn by playing, but I definitely would say that I've I've learned a lot by sitting the bench and um, trying to be a leader and communicate and um, be positive. You know, coming from the sidelines because we all know that 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 encouragement and that positivity um, helps the team. Well, your opportunity is here, and you're the starting keeper for the 10th ranked team in the country. Maybe higher today. We'll see when the new rankings come out with the NSCAA mm-hmm. poll. Uh, I do want to ask you about a potential nickname. Do, do you need a nickname, Hannah? Because I can make that happen when I'm calling matches yeah, on BYU TV. Yeah, you can just say it, and then the people are like, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, yeah, I would love a nickname. My... How, about, how about the Great Wall of Brigham? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Brigham's ballers. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> we need, we need a, a nickname for Hannah Clark. Do you guys have a nickname? Do the defenders still spit? We do. 
Yeah. With the goalkeeper. Yes, we spit. Claim your turf. Oh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that's what happened. You guys. Say, that's why we do <laughs> yeah. that. Did, were you in on the ritual, or was it? I've just done a, it before. Okay. okay. Yeah, but I'm it like, was kind of like you wander out there. You're like, what are we doing, guys? This is my first start. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I'm kind of like, okay, what do I say and when do I say it? Because yeah. it's this like little rhyme thing, and it's a little it's rhyme awesome. thing. Yeah. Is it a secret, or can you tell us what it is? Um. I feel like it's not my place. Like I don't oh, know. Okay. If, I don't know if it's a secret. Well, you but. are the starting keeper now, so you can like command a little bit there. Be like, hey, I want to tell these guys. <laughs> We're doing it this way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what you've been doing. We're doing it now with the Great Wall of Brigham. Oh here. no! <laughs> <laughs> Name Brigham's Ballers. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that was all for two. Two strikes. Yeah, yeah. You just keep pitching. Hey, but we're having fun, right? Yeah. Well, we are. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I can't really speak. I can't really speak for Hannah. <laughs> Now, SMU is an opponent that scored 17 goals in their last two games, nine and eight, respectively. Granted, they got to come to Southfield. They, pl- yeah, they played uh, Boo Boo Johnson's. Exactly. Brian Logan would say. <laughs> <laughs> but they've shown the capability to put together some offense. So what do you, <clears throat> what do you know about SMU? Not much. I mean, as a, as a team and um, as a coaching staff, we really try to focus on ourselves and, and how we're playing the game. Um, so we'll get a little bit of information this week. Um, we've been focusing on Utah um, the past uh, few days. Um, but now moving forward, we'll be focusing on SMU. So we'll get a little bit of information, but we really just need to play our game and, you know. Let them react to you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You were in neon, right? Should be wearing neon. You should be wearing neon? Yeah. I, well, I will be wearing you neon. You will? Okay. okay. I'll make that happen. Do you ever wear that anywhere else? Like running so everyone sees you or hunting or to class ever? You should wear you should wear your keeper uniform to class. You're like, yo what yo what up? Uh bring all the bring them in the house. (laughs) What up? I think I mean the the, the gloves. The teachers talk about distracting behavior. I think that jersey (laughs) alone would just out of class yeah, now you've got your no. textbook you're trying to <laughs> yeah. grab the pages that would be amazing yeah it would be hard to focus on anything but that neon uniform anywhere else other than the soccer field yeah. you might get distracted you look down like whoa blinding <laughs> myself i was i was watching film last week and just like looking at me it's not even like a human it's this like glowing blob <laughs> like no joke Nuclear. yeah oh my god it's it's if, intense. If you need your daily UV, just hang out with Hannah Clark at the BYU <laughs> yeah. soccer game on SPF Thursday. 50. Yeah. <laughs> Hannah, great stuff. Congratulations on the shutout yesterday, and uh, good you. luck against SMU. We and are going to give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for taking time out of your day to come to Studio wow. B, and we would like you to sign our flag as well. Oh, gosh, I'd love to. All right, Hannah Clark, you can sign it as the Great Wall of Brigham if you <laughs> Wait, so choose. Whatever. Like, whatever yeah, you'd like, like to do. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, yesterday BYU football released the week two depth chart. Any major surprises? And what did Jamal Williams say about his performance against Arizona? You mentioned the 17 goals for SMU. They played Northwestern State and Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Boo Boo Johnson. <laughs> 8 nothing and 9 nothing. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. The glowing blob. <laughs> it's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. <laughs> Yesterday, the team released the Week 2 depth chart. No big surprise, but freshman Jake Goldroyd, hashtag Goldroyd, is the new starting kicker. I just think about Slimer from Ghostbusters when you say the glowing blob. I ain't afraid of no ghost. <laughs> Senior running back Jamal Williams called his performance against Arizona. Okay. 
I'd still waiting for a good performance in his mind. 29 carries, 162 yards. Williams and the Cougars play against Utah Saturday. The USA Today by Paul Meyerberg uh, ranked all 128 FBS teams. BYU with a huge jump. They jumped up 28 spots to number 34. Why did he have Soccer. them at 62? It's the yeah. real question. Yeah, wait a minute. 10th ranked BYU soccer beat rival Utah 2-0. Taylor Isom and Ashley Hatch scoring the goals. Hatch has a nation-leading eight goals this season. Volleyball. The ABCA coaches poll keeps the women's team at number 10 in the country. West Coast Conference Player of the Week is freshman libero Mary Lake, who had 61 digs in three matches over the weekend. Cougars in the minors. Adam Law, one for three in his game for the AA Jackson Generals. Future guests include Utah head coach Kyle Whittingham and the Utes play-by-play man Bill Riley. And the coaches' poll just came out, by the way. Uh, Michigan State up to eight, but BYU received 15 votes in that. How about that? BYU is receiving votes in the coaches' poll. So nine how many, out. Nine out of so the top. So BYU is 34th in the country, wait, Spencer. Wait, so Paul, Paul Meyerbrick has BYU at number 34, and they're well, nine out well, of the top 25. Well. The coaches, who basically the sports information directors, voted BYU at number. Guess 30. what? When you win, <laughs> when you win a game against a Power Five team that is in a in a time slot that's not really competing with other games, people watch and pay attention. You you get noticed when you win games like that. Yeah, that was in Pacific and Mountain prime time, right? Yes, <laughs> that was in sleep time. If you're it on was the in East sleep Coast. time for the East Coasters. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Jerem, do the honors. Bob Bowlesby. Okay. Hey, big, hey, big week in Dallas. Big week in Dallas. Our Twitter question today. How has the tone of the rivalry changed with Kalani Satake as BYU's head coach at A-Way Coog? Says, appeared to be moving away from a Civil War mentality and back to more of a family feud. That's a great point. I, I like the way that was couched. I really do. Yeah, family feud. Which is a great program as well. Our elite tweet of the day from at FatPrat15. Kalani has brought maturity and brotherly love to the rivalry. Maturity and brotherly love that I just don't have. (laughs) (laughs) I relate with that guy quite a bit. Hey, thanks to Blaine Fowler, Hannah Clark, the Great Wall of Brigham or whatever, and everyone on our crew. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag BYUSN. Somebody tweeted in the Grim Grim Keeper at Reed Beats. Uh, that's, That's nice. Download the podcast for Jeremiah Spencer. Shout out to who, Jerem? Gary Kama. Boom.